Chapter Fifteen of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Fay Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen. Perry Harrison had been more annoyed by the disagreement between himself and Eunice than any one guessed. He could hardly believe that they had actually quarrelled, and yet that was what his wife had named it. And now that he recalled the scene and the words spoken he confessed that it looked and sounded like a fierce dispute. He had been so hurt and disappointed, first that Una had been so untrue to what he had believed to be her ideas of right, derived from her own father's teachings, and secondly that she had so passionately resented his interference, as she was pleased to call his attempt at remonstrance. And then he questioned within himself whether he had been altogether without passion whether his words had been well chosen and spoken without anger, whether he had not been more anxious to make people think as he did than zealous for the truth. There is a class who talk largely about allowing people to think for themselves, but I have noticed that these are the very ones who want everybody to think exactly as they do, and they are apt to look upon those who do not arrive at the same conclusions as beneath themselves in intellectual capacity perry harrison was not one of this class still he had very strong convictions and it hurt him to find that una had less firm ideas upon a matter which seemed to him of great importance some way a prop upon which he had leaned had suddenly given way and he felt more alone in his work and even in his christian life than ever before and strange as it may seem he felt not the slightest prompting to turn to his wife for sympathy and help. He had already learned that with all her years of experience, Eleanor Harrison stood yet upon a low spiritual plane. Not that he put the thought into form, even in his most secret heart, not at all. He had not yet been disenchanted. Disappointed he often was in his wife, grieved that she could not enter into his plans and sympathize with him in his aims but he had a thousand excuses which were no shams to him. He really thought her the most lovely of women, a queen among women, he was wont to call her, and so she would have been but for one grand defect. Supremely selfish, and without sympathy and thought for others, she seemed what we rarely find, an utterly heartless woman, and yet she could be the most fascinating of mortals. She always had a host of admirers, even Eunice Taylor sometimes yielded to the charm of her manner when she chose to be gracious, and then that young lady made up for it by writing in her diary spiteful things about her neighbor. And now to make matters worse, these two had to quarrel. That was what Perry said when, the next morning, he received Una's note. Strangely enough, that explosive little billet did not quite overwhelm the gentleman. He was inexpressibly grieved, but not hopelessly so. You must remember that he was ignorant of the real state of affairs. No breath of the village gossip had reached him, and even had he heard every ill-natured remark which had been made, he was so sure of his own and Una's good faith and trust in each other, in a brotherly and sisterly way, that he would scarcely have thought to connect it with Una's outburst as revealed by the slip of paper which he twisted and twirled in his fingers, while he bit his lips and wrinkled his forehead between his exclamations of vexation and dismay. 
at last una has taken offence at some of eleanor's unguarded and sarcastic remarks that was the way he explained it he did not wonder much for he had often been surprised at the cool manner with which una received remarks which even to him sounded harsh and unkind but he always said that's eleanor's way and secretly rejoiced over una's good sense but now she had actually taken up a feeling of resentment and he was so sorry it had followed so closely upon his own little misunderstanding that made it less easy to bridge over what a silly child she was to be sure what could it have been to call out such a spiteful little note as that of course una was sorry before this and would give worlds to recall her note on the whole he could just ignore it and let it be as if it had not been not a word would he breathe of it even to eleanor and when he saw una he would act just as usual it was only one of the child's little outbursts how well he remembered them in the old childish days how far away those days were now there was the same friendly greeting when he met una's father and mother but the old freedom was gone he no longer ran in every day as he used to whenever he was at home he had not thought of it before but things were changed certainly he would never cease to love those dear friends of his boyhood and he recalled the grasp of the hand and the words of cheer with which he was welcomed when a few months before he came back to them with a new hope in his heart a new aim in his thoughts and life and with these memories and the sad hard sentence of that note mingling in his thoughts perry harrison bowed his head in heaviness of heart not that he believed for a single moment that the friendship was really broken it was too firm for that but there was something disheartening about it all bearing as it did upon the success of the work he had undertaken what was to become of that and with a sense of his weakness and a desolation for which he felt he had no adequate cause he betook himself to his usual occupations matters stood in this way for a day or two then eleanor took occasion to say at dinner i wonder what has become of your ally or confederate or whatever you choose to call her she has not been here since the day you quarrelled was it so serious an amazed look spread itself over mother harrison's face perry and una quarrelled then directly to her son not seriously i hope i think the little difference we had could scarcely be called a quarrel replied perry with a slight emphasis on the we which eleanor noticed and it caused her color to rise but perry did not look at her and she could not determine whether or not he knew of the finishing up of that last visit of una's she had an instinctive feeling that she might do well to move cautiously lest she should call upon her own head something that would not take the form of blessings pursuing his policy of ignoring una's note and its threat or declaration perry said as he rose from the table mother eleanor and i are going to ride into town this afternoon and if you will go with us we may as well carry out your intention of visiting the artists studios let katie run over and tell una and tell her to be ready at three eleanor's eyes flashed and she laughed a little scornful laugh the sultan has spoken let all the sultanas obey as they please returned her husband katie brought back a note from una it was this 
dear mrs harrison i am sorry to disappoint you but i cannot go this afternoon will you please say to perry that i will try to meet my class tonight yours una to this eleanor said with another scornful laugh you see perry one of your subjects has rebelled did she lose her head i believe that is the usual method of dealing with the refractory ones i suppose it serves as a salutary lesson for those who remain mr harrison did not even smile at what might have been an attempt at pleasantry he only said in a low tone which could not have been meant to reach other ears i did not think she meant it his mother said well never mind another day will do as well i don't feel very well myself and we must remember that una is not a young lady of leisure she has many home duties from which your wife is free i sometimes think that we are growing exacting in our demands upon her time i am sure said eleanor petulantly that i am willing to pay miss taylor for all she has done for me only perry made such a buzz about my ears when i spoke of it that one would think to hear him that he had received a personal insult however i presume i shall make no more demands upon her valuable time but perry can keep her busy running after his boys and girls whole half days and every day in the week and nobody seems to think that his demands are unreasonable i told him that i should interfere and i always keep my word this with a significant glance toward her husband which he appeared not to notice he was determined to carry out his policy of ignoring the fact that there had been trouble anywhere among them then perry if only you and i go you will drive in the phaeton won't you asked eleanor yes if you prefer replied perry in a listless tone as if the whole affair had grown to be a matter of the utmost indifference to him as indeed it had he had been planning his way out of the trouble and manlike he fancied that if they could only be brought together in some such way all would be harmony again you see it had not entered his head that there could be any serious cause for una's pique he felt vexed at eleanor and more vexed with himself and had decided that they ought to make the advances and now his plan had failed to be sure it might be as his mother had suggested that she was hindered by home duties yet it was like una to say so then on the other hand her sending word that she would be at the hall was a good omen he would wait and see how it would all come out but in spite of his resolve not to worry he was silent and moody and eleanor voted him cross as a bear and when he exerted himself to entertain her she grew sullen and would not be entertained altogether they had a most uncomfortable afternoon driving home in the early twilight perry said as eleanor continued to reject his efforts to entertain her eleanor what is the matter i don't understand you at all to-day you are not more unfortunate than i am she replied coldly then i am to infer that you do not understand yourself he asked smiling you are to infer no such thing i understand myself perfectly she said with spirit you know very well that i mean that i do not understand you his reply was gentle and full of concern i do not know what you have difficulty with i am not conscious of dealing in ambiguities i believe in straightforwardness 
it may cause a little pain sometimes but i believe it is always better in the end to be straightforward it is a pity that you had not adopted that theory earlier in life eleanor's tone was sharp and bitter and perry knew by that more than by the words which in themselves were ungracious enough that behind all there was something which as yet he could not guess and straightforward as he was he dared not ask either his wife or his friend you need not suppose that he knew that he feared anything had he not quite convinced himself that una had only taken offence at some of his wife's cutting remarks which following close upon his own dignified and perhaps somewhat sharp remonstrance had cut deeper than usual what a nuisance it was anyway they were all getting on so beautiful together and now everything was spoiled again and again he bemoaned the state of affairs they drove to the door in absolute silence there was an unusual stir about the house and on the steps they were met by dr webb who with a grave face held out his hand to perry it is your mother he said in response to perry's anxious what is it i was called in two hours since did you not meet the messenger we sent for you we met no one was the reply we came home by the river road that explains it we feared that you would be delayed and miss taylor and i took the liberty of sending a dispatch to dr mason i dared not wait as every hour is important then my mother is living almost gasped perry yes and i can bid you hope but i felt that i needed the counsel of an older physician and miss taylor thought that dr mason would be your choice that was right but what is it is it that which we have feared paralysis perry bowed and passed on joining eleanor in the dining-room followed by the doctor who insisted upon their taking some refreshment while he explained further it transpired that eunice seeing perry and his wife pass and concluding that mother harrison was alone ran over to make a call in their absence thinking doubtless that the good mother need not be distressed by any suspicions of trouble on entering the little sitting-room she found mrs harrison lying partly on the floor and partly on the lounge and insensible here was work for her strong nerves and ready wit calling the servants she gave her orders quickly and quietly the doctor was sent for and a messenger dispatched for perry while with the aid of the frightened women she got the stricken woman to bed all this perry learned from the doctor who was emphatic in his praises of una's efficiency she is with your mother she said she should stay until you came i presume you and your wife will stay up to-night i will be in again in an hour and we will make arrangements for the night meantime i will go down to the office and see if i can hear anything from the doctor i suppose we cannot hope for his arrival before ten o'clock to-morrow what is the man thinking of exclaimed eleanor as he went out are there no professional nurses here i never sat up with a sick person in my life it makes me sick to lose my sleep and i could never endure sick-room odors i think it is constitutional the mortal dread i have at the sight of suffering at this moment eunice taylor's white face appeared in the doorway perry she said and her voice was like a sound from the grave 
i think your mother made an effort to speak your name just now will you go to her then as he passed her she whispered and her voice was an inspiration so intense it was in its anxiety perry be strong oh be strong end of chapter fifteen